Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. It's a simple question. We've probably all been asked it, at least all of those of us who are Masons. Um, And it's kind of interesting as I'm digging through my stuff. I found this brochure, which is from the Masonic Information Center in Fenton, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. And the question on it is, what's a Mason? So I thought, you know, let's share this information and see how it stacks up with your opinions and views of what a Mason is. I think my grandfather was one, but I'm not sure what it means. Yeah, my dad and uncle both used to go to Masonic meetings. I remember Uncle Fred coming by to pick him up, but I don't know where they went or what they did. I think they wear those funny hats. I remember when I went away to college, my father showed me his ring and told me, if I ever needed help, I should look for a man with a ring like that and tell him I was the daughter of a Mason, but he never told me much about it. What's a Mason? That's not a surprising question. Even though Masons, or Freemasons, are members of the largest and oldest fraternity in the world, and even though almost everyone has a father or grandfather or uncle who was a Mason, many people aren't quite certain just who Masons are. The answer is simple. A Mason, or Freemason, is a member of a fraternity known as Masonry or Freemasonry. A fraternity is a group of men, just as a sorority is a group of women, who join together because there are things they want to do in the world, There are things they want to do inside their own minds. They enjoy being together with men they like and respect. We'll look at some of these things later. What's Masonry? Masonry, or Freemasonry, is the oldest fraternity in the world. No one knows just how old it is because the actual origins have been lost in time. Probably it arose from the guilds of stonemasons who built the castles and cathedrals of the Middle Ages. Possibly they were influenced by the Knights Templar, or a group of Christian warrior monks formed in 1118 to help protect pilgrims making trips to the Holy Land. In 1717, Masonry created a formal organization in England when the first Grand Lodge was formed. A Grand Lodge is the administrative body in charge of Masonry in some geographical area. In the United States, there is a Grand Lodge in each state and the District of Columbia. In Canada, there is a Grand Lodge in each province. Local organizations of Masons are called lodges. There are lodges in most towns, and large cities usually have several. There are about 13,200 lodges in the United States. If masonry started in Great Britain, how did it get to America? In a time when travel was by horseback and sailing ship, masonry spread with amazing speed. By 1731, when Benjamin Franklin joined the fraternity, there were already several lodges in the colonies, and masonry spread rapidly as America expanded west. In addition to Franklin, many of the founding fathers, men such as George Washington, Paul Revere, Joseph Warren, and John Hancock, were Masons. Masons and Masonry played an important part in the Revolutionary War and an even more important part in the Constitutional Convention and the debates surrounding the ratification of the Bill of Rights. Many of those debates were held in Masonic Lodges. What's a Lodge? The word Lodge means both a group of Masons meeting in some place and the room or building in which they meet. 
Masonic buildings are also sometimes called temples because much of the symbolism masonry uses to teach its lessons come from the building of King Solomon's temple in the Holy Land. The term lodge itself comes from the structure which the stonemasons built against the sides of cathedrals during construction. In winter, when building had to stop, they lived in these lodges and worked at carving stone. While there is some variation in detail from state to state and country to country, lodge rooms today are set up similar to the diagram on the following page. And then there's a uh, diagram of a typical lodge room. If you've ever watched C-SPAN's coverage of the House of Commons in London, you'll notice that the layout is about the same. Since masonry came to America from England, we still use the English floor plan and English titles for the officers. The Worshipful Master of the Lodge sits in the east. Worshipful is an English term of respect, which means the same thing as honorable. He is called the Master of the Lodge for the same reason that the leader of the first violins in an orchestra is called the Concert Master. It's simply an older term for leader. In other organizations, he would be called President. The Senior and Junior Warden are the first and second Vice Presidents. The Deacons are messengers, and the Stewards have charge of refreshments. Every Lodge has an altar holding a volume of the Sacred Law. In the United States and Canada, that is almost always a Bible. What goes on in a lodge? This is a good place to repeat what we said earlier about why men become Masons. There are things they want to do in the world. There are things that they want to do inside their own minds. They enjoy being together with men they like and respect. The lodge is the center of these activities. Masonry does things in the world. Masonry teaches that each person has a responsibility to make things better in the world. Most individuals won't be the ones to find a cure for cancer, or eliminate poverty, or help create world peace. But every man and woman and child can do something to help others and to make things a little better. Masonry is deeply involved with helping people. It spends more than $2 million every day in the United States just to make life a little easier. And the great majority of that help goes to people who are not Masons. Some of these charities are vast projects like the crippled children's hospitals and burns institutes built by the Shriners. Also, Scottish Rite Masons maintain a nationwide network of over 100 childhood language disorder clinics, centers, and programs. Each helps children afflicted by such conditions as aphasia, dyslexia, stuttering, and related learning or speech disorders. Some services are less noticeable, like helping a widow pay her electric bill or buying coats and shoes for disadvantaged children and there's just about anything you can think of in between. But with projects large or small, the Masons of a Lodge try to help make the world a better place. The Lodge gives them a way to combine with others to do even more good. Masonry does things inside the individual Mason. Grow or die is a great law of all nature. Most people feel a need for continued growth as individuals. They feel they are not as honest or as charitable or as compassionate or as loving or as trusting or as well-informed as they ought to be. Masonry reminds its members over and over again of the importance of these qualities and education. It lets men associate with other men of honor and integrity who believe that things like honesty, compassion, love, trust, and knowledge are important. In some ways, Masonry is a support group for men who are trying to make the right decisions. It's easier to practice these virtues when you know that those around you think that they're important too and won't laugh at you. That's a major reason that Masons enjoy being together. Masons enjoy each other's company. It's good to spend time with people you trust completely, and most Masons find that in their lodge. While much of lodge activity is spent in works of charity or in lessons in self-development, much is also spent in fellowship. Lodges have picnics, camping trips, and many events for the whole family. Simply put, a lodge is a place to spend time with friends.
For members only, two basic kinds of meetings take place in a lodge. The most common is a simple business meeting. To open and close the meeting, there is a ceremony whose purpose is to remind us of the virtues by which we are supposed to live. Then there is a reading of the minutes, voting on petitions or applications of men who want to join the fraternity, planning for charitable functions, family events, and other lodge activities, and sharing information about members, called brothers, as in most fraternities, who are ill or have some sort of need. The other kind of meeting is one in which people join the fraternity, one at which the degrees are performed. But every lodge serves more than its own members. Frequently, there are meetings open to the public. Examples are ladies' nights, brother-bring-a-friend nights, public installation of officers, cornerstone laying ceremonies, and other special meetings supporting community events and dealing with topics of local interest. What's a degree? A degree is a stage or level of membership. It's also the ceremony by which a man attains that level of membership. There are three, called Entered Apprentice, Fellowcraft, and Master Mason. As you can see, the names are taken from the craft guilds. In the Middle Ages, when a person wanted to join a craft, such as the goldsmiths or the carpenters or the stonemasons, he was first apprenticed. As an apprentice, he learned the tools and skills of the trade. When he had proved his skills, he became a fellow of the craft. Today, we would say a journeyman. And when he had exceptional ability, he was known as a master of the craft. The degrees are plays in which the candidate participates. Each degree uses symbols to teach, just as plays did in the Middle Ages, and as many theatrical productions do today. We'll talk about symbols a little later. The Masonic degrees teach the great lessons of life, the importance of honor and integrity, of being a person on whom others can rely, of being both trusting and trustworthy, of realizing that you have a spiritual nature as well as a physical or animal nature, of the importance of self-control, of knowing how to love and be loved, of knowing how to keep confidential what others tell you so that they can open up without fear. Why is Masonry so secretive? It really isn't secretive, although it sometimes has that reputation. Masons certainly don't make a secret of the fact that they are members of the fraternity. We wear rings, lapel pins, and tie clasps with Masonic emblems like the square and compasses. The best known of Masonic signs, which logically recall the fraternity's early symbolic roots in stonemasonry. Masonic buildings are clearly marked and are usually listed in the phone book. Lodge activities are not secret. Picnics and other events are even listed in the newspapers, especially in smaller towns. Many lodges have answering machines which give the upcoming lodge activities, but there are some Masonic secrets and they fall into two categories. The first are the ways in which a man can identify himself as a Mason, grips and passwords. We keep those private for obvious reasons. It is not at all unknown for unscrupulous people to try to pass themselves off as Masons in order to get assistance under false pretenses. The second group is harder to describe, but they are the ones Masons usually mean if we talk about Masonic secrets. They are secrets because they literally can't be talked about, can't be put into words. They are changes that happen to a man when he really accepts responsibility for his own life and at the same time truly decides that his real happiness is in helping others. It's a wonderful feeling, but it's something you simply can't explain to another person. That's why we sometimes say that Masonic secrets cannot, rather than may not, be told. Try telling someone exactly what you feel when you see a beautiful sunset, or when you hear music like the National Anthem which suddenly stirs old memories, and you'll understand what we mean. Secret societies became very popular in America in the late 1800s and early 1900s. There were literally hundreds of them, and most people belonged to two or three. Many of them were modeled on masonry, and made a great point of having many secrets. Freemasonry got ranked with them, but if masonry is a secret society, it's the worst-kept secret in the world. 
So I'm going to stop at this point and then do the next episode to uh, read the rest of this. It's actually quite lengthy. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.